Welcome everybody to Games Are Fun, also known as GAF. That's what all the cool kids call this podcast, GAF. It's a great acronym. Now, welcome to Games Are Fun. My name is Luke, and I'm the host of Games Are Fun. Games Are Fun is a weekly video game podcast where I talk about video game news stories and highlights from the past week. I don't always touch on, you know, major announcements or any of that kind of news, but each week I just take stories from the past week and I talk about I talk about them, give my thoughts and impressions on them. But this week again is something a little different. As you saw a couple episodes ago, I talked about my video game history and my experience with different consoles growing up. This one is also a more personal level, but it's from your guys's perspective. So last week I asked you guys what were your top three favorite games of all time and why you like them, and the responses you guys gave were fantastic i was actually so impressed i was really impressed by how well people articulated why they like the games that they chose they gave really good detailed responses that just like i felt like um a teacher for a moment and just some of the words and articulation were so good i wanted to give it give their response like a grade i wanted to grade it and so I was super impressed by that. So shout out to all you guys who took the time in coming up with a good response. And I'm also really super surprised and really happy that a lot of the games you guys chose were all different. There were some games that turned up on a couple people's different, like some people picked the same games, um, but it was pretty rare. Like the, all, all the games are pretty unique, pretty original games. I, you know, being the major video game nerd that I am, I'm pretty familiar with a lot of them. So I am going to give my thoughts and impressions on when I read your guys' responses. And we'll go from that. And then at the end of the show, if you make it that far, I appreciate it if you do, I'm going to talk about my top three favorite video games, which is very hard for me to do. I've played a lot of different games on a lot of different consoles and platforms. And I've narrowed it down to three, and they span a a wide range of time on their release dates. Well, at least one of them does, so compared to the other two. So that's what the show is this week. It's a long one, as you can see by the time stamp uh, on this podcast. So, you know, relax, get prepared for another show of Games Are Fun, and yeah i just appreciate you guys listening to the podcast wherever you're listening to it whether it's on soundcloud itunes or Castbox. just a little quick update on that i'm hoping to get the podcast on google play in the near future and i think that's kind of the majority of the platforms i want to get on i of course would want to get onto spotify but that's a little more difficult and i think that will come once this podcast can kind of um get a better foundation because it takes a little bit more requirements to get on Spotify. But whatever you're listening to it on, I really appreciate Make sure you subscribe to whatever you're listening to it on. That really, really helps this show. And I will continue to do the show as long as I continue to get your guys' support, comments, and feedback. So keep it up. Thank you again so much to everyone who's done that. I feel like I say that every episode, but it just, it means so much to me the kind words that you guys give me it really uh because i'm sitting here in my office just talking to myself right now and 
I don't have that audience reaction with what I'm saying. I have to wait and have you guys listen to it and I have to, you guys have to send me in your feedback. And so if you take the time to do that, I think that means a lot. So thanks to those people and enough with that. Let's get on with the show and yeah, let's do it. So the first person that responded out to me was Coleman Dean. Uh, Coleman Dean sent me an email with his top three favorite games. So his email says, Replying to your request for favorite games, you might find my list to be a bit basic, as I can tell you are generally into more narrative-driven games. True. And of my list, only one truly is. So Coleman Dean did this, I believe, 3-2-1. So this three is in the third spot. And then the last one I finish off will be his top game. That's what I'm assuming. He never said it was in a specific order, but that's what I'm going to assume. So Coleman, number three, his favorite game is Burnout Paradise. It says, Burnout Paradise. Back in the PS3 days, this was the first game I ever owned for the console. It had been an expansion upon the open world style racing game genre, dominated by Need for Speed at the time. Yet this game had so much character and was completely distinct from many other racing games out there. So my... I actually have never played Burnout Paradise. Well, that's a lie. I've played probably two hours of it. But I haven't played it enough to be able to give too many comments about what the game's like. But I do know that it what it did have going for it was that open world environment. And I think that adds another layer to a game, especially a racing game. Racing games generally, you know, even if we go back to the early racing games that were on some of the, you know, Mario Kart or some of those early, early racing games, they were very linear. They, you basically race track to track to track and you place, you know, one, two, three, your goal is to get first place. But open world racing games still focus on the mechanic of driving but they also give you the freedom to explore an open environment and take your vehicle wherever you want. And of course, Burnout Paradise is known, or sorry, the Burnout series is known for uh, crashing your cars and doing stunts and stuff. So from my understanding, Burnout Paradise kind of adapted that from the previous games, and I've played previous Burnout games, and that is what Burnout really has going for it. So if you mix kind of the the crash mechanics from previous burnout games as well as an open world environment that sounds pretty awesome and i think you're right coleman by saying that it kind of gave need for speed a run as money like if we look at need for speed underground underground 2 need for speed carbon some of those open world games racing games um you know that's really all there was this is before forza horizon came along and really changed open world racing games so I think, yeah, Burnout Paradise definitely made a big impact. If you guys are interested in Burnout Paradise and you have an Xbox One or PS4, there's actually a remastered version. I think it's like 40 bucks Canadian, maybe 30, somewhere around there. It's like half the price of a, f- a full price game. So if you're interested in checking out Burnout Paradise because you missed it last gen, uh, you can do that now. And I believe the Xbox 360 version is backwards compatible on Xbox One, so you can also do that too. Number two, another car-focused game, Rocket League. 
So Rocket League has been my personal intro into competitive gaming. Rocket League to me has represented how an interesting concept can be sustained as a game with proper support from developers. Not to mention the cult following the game has amassed making a several year old game still feel fresh and interesting. So that's a really great response of basically about what Rocket League is. It is a game that is a really interesting concept. It's essentially soccer, but you're driving cars rather than playing as soccer players. And you hit this giant soccer ball and you know try to get into your opponent's goal. And that concept is cool, it's a cool idea, but Rocket League really executes it in a way that makes it really fun and keeps its players to continue playing it. So it is like a game, games with service where the more you play, the more unlocks you get for customization. Um, they continuously add content to Rocket League. I don't even—I can't recall how old Rocket League is now, but it's at least two, three years old, and it's on all the platforms right now. You can play on Nintendo Switch, PlayStation, PC, Xbox One, and it's just a really fun game to play with your friends. I probably have sunk 25 30 hours into rocket league it is a really really fun game um you mentioned the cult following that the game has amassed over the years um and that's totally true if you go on twitch or on mixer or any of those or youtube gaming any of those live stream gaming sites there's still people playing rocket league i mean rocket league is a um, a recognized esport game people can actually join rosters esport rosters to compete in rocket league which is really cool so they they definitely have a lot going for them and i'm interested to see what rocket league continues to look like in the future and coleman's number one game is the last of us so when i first got this game i actually got the remastered version for playstation 4 the last of us represented for me the first narrative story-driven game to captivate my interest since the days of the gamecube during the PS3's lifetime, with the introduction of online gaming, I had left story-driven games behind because... Oh, sorry. I had left story-driven games behind, instead playing some of the more basic games in my collection, such as Call of Duty and Battlefield. The Last of Us really showed me that video games, video games could have a storyline that was extremely captivating and motivated me to get back into story-only games. And before I talk about he he says, uh, no, that's it. Okay, yeah, cool. So, oh, shoot, sorry about that. Um, the Last of Us is by far one of the best games out there. And that's because Naughty Dog focused on a story-driven game that focuses on characters and setting and they take a real deep dive in how these this these characters how their relationship unfolds and how they deal with the environment that they're in and they just continuously throw you know conflict whether it's the zombies or you know coming across making certain moral choices it's uh that's what makes this game so good in my opinion in fact there's a sequel coming out for The Last of Us, and I didn't even need a sequel. I'm like, I don't get me wrong, I'm pumped for a Last of Us Part Two, but if The Last of Us just ended and we never ever saw another game uh, for 
that title, I would be totally okay with that. I was like you, Coleman. I got the remastered version because The Last of Us that came out on PlayStation 3 was pretty late in the generation. I mean, the PlayStation 4 was literally right around the corner. And so oh, I think a lot of people certain well it was great that they bought it brought it remastered i think if they didn't it, so many people would have missed out on it so if you have a ps4 you have played the last of us i if you haven't i i gen i honestly don't know what you're doing because that is one of the that is in my opinion one of the greatest playstation games if not one of the greatest games of all time and you even if you don't know much about it just go and play this game. And if you don't have means to an Xbox, I know I have friends that have watched playthroughs of the game on YouTube and enjoyed it just as much as I've talked to people who have played the game. And so that just goes to show that the story is so powerful and that it's really narrative driven. Um, so play this game if you haven't already. I'm gonna, this is a bit of a spoiler, but The Last of Us, is one of my top three games and I don't want to go on about it too much right now because then I'll have nothing to talk about when I give you my top three games so I'll, I'll leave it at that but Coleman thank you very much for the list those are three really great games and they're very different and sorry I did want to mention that your comments about how you had kind of left story-driven games and focused on more multiplayer mainstream games like Battlefield and Call of Duty and I'm really glad that you went back and found The Last of Us because there are so many players that, and don't get me wrong, if that's your thing to play games like that, like Destiny or Fortnite, and get really into them, get really good at them, that's great. I think there's definitely people that that's how they play video games. But if you're a fan of video games, look at what's out there. If you're, especially if you have like a PlayStation 4 right now, you're in for a real treat because there's lots of games out. But there's so many games out there that, and not just AAA titles, indie games as well that need, that focus on, you know, story and characters and relationships and setting that, you know, get missed by the mainstream audience. So take the time to maybe find those games. And if you're looking for games, reach out to me. I, I have a pretty wide library of games that I've played that are definitely single player story driven games. So with that, Again, thanks, Coleman. I really appreciate your, your list there. That's a top-notch list. Um, awesome. Thank you very much. And that go means we're going to go on to the next person, which is Brian Paquin. So Brian sent me three pretty awesome games, and again, three very different games. So um, Brian told me to rework his sentences on his explanations on why he likes them, so um just a little disclaimer with that but his so the first game is pokemon generation 3 meaning pokemon sapphire and ruby and i guess emerald if you're looking at the director's cut of that generation so he says pokemon gen 3 had mind-blowing graphics for my 10 year old brain the music was unbelievable really the only game i have played and will play replay a thousand times and I don't doubt that one bit. Um, so many secrets, sorry. Uh, so many secrets before internet age. Um, you know, there you had to find the secrets yourself. So you couldn't actually uh, necessarily go up on the internet and find everything. There, you, there was just loads of different 
secrets in that game for you to explore. Um, he gets nostalgia, nostalgic for it um, just because of the, the great memories that were brought back for him. I Sorry, Brian, I, I'm trying to fill in certain things there, but... Um, yeah, I that's in my Brian that is definitely in my opinion the best generation of Pokemon and I think like the last generation that actually had gave good quality Pokemon. If we look at some of the newer generations now, I didn't play that much. I did play a bit of Diamond on the DS and I played a, I didn't play Black and White, but I played almost every generation from that. I played Sun which has the Aloha region uh, evolutions and Pokemon. And I've played Pokemon Blue, the very first Pokemon, and I've seen a lot of Pokemon in between there. And I think Generation 3, you know, every generation they put in new Pokemon, and that was the last generation that had Pokemon that actually looked cool and made sense. Some of the newer ones are really weird, and they just look like they're, they weren't given much thought. And so I think Generation definitely had that going for it as well. Uh, I do want to share one. I do have a kind of a personal story with uh, Pokemon Gen uh, 3. And I... Did I tell this story? I might have told this story on my video game history. But basically, if you missed that episode, I saved up all my allowance money to like pennies and went into a Zeller's department store and went to the electronics department, handed the cashier my Ziploc bag full of cash, change, and said I want Pokemon Ruby for Game Boy Advance and so he got it for me and he had to count all this change out and I had exactly the right amount and I had Pokemon Ruby and so that I think had a lot going for me for why I like that one so much but it, it's definitely true it has a great story you finally were able to I think that was the first game you're actually able to play as a female and not just a male if I correct me if I'm wrong on that but um Oh, sorry, there's something a noise outside, um, and so yeah, it, it just it was a, a great Pokemon game, and since then they've actually done a remake. Like it's a it's not just a remaster; it's a remake on the 3DS. They have Omega Ruby and Omega Sapphire. I think they're both called Omega. Anyways, the games are remade, and so if you want to relive those memories and you have a 2DS or 3DS, uh, you can definitely pick up that game. His second game is NHL 06, so I can honestly put any NHL game down as my fave, but 06 introduced the crazy skill stick, and I remember having a blast doing the spinoramas on my friends. For realistic hockey, I'd like to say NHL uh, 09. For some reason, I'm stupid good at that game still to this day. So, I actually... NHL 06 was... That was the point where I stopped buying NHL games. And it, there wasn't a specific reason. I think I just got into different kinds of games. And so, therefore, I missed NHL 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. And I got 12, skip 13, 14, and then I have 15 through 18 right now. And, of course, I had before 2006, I had 2005, I had 2003. That's my favorite, personally, because it had Jerome McKinley on the front. And that was my all-time favorite player. And so, 
Yeah, but the, what you mentioned there, the skill stick, and that is really, when you look at it, that, that's the introduction of the skill stick, which is still being used today in NHL games, right? It's not press A to shoot the puck. You actually use the analog stick to control the puck, to control your stick, uh, to be able to deke out your opponents in the defense. And so that is what has really made NHL what it is today. And you talk about NHL 09 being the most realistic. And I can, again, I can't vouch for that because I, I missed NHL 09. I think Dion Phaneuf, correct me if I'm wrong, was on that cover. Shout out if it is because that's that's great memory on my part. <laughs> and anyways, um, yeah, I think there's uh, what NHL really needs is a, a good split between simulation and arcade and fun. Like you, you mentioned doing spinoramas, and but you also talk about NHL 9 being a realistic game that you're also still really good at. And so I really hope in the future that they continue to focus on those two areas as well as maybe get some sort of single-player story mode like FIFA or NBA 2K. That would be really cool. But um, I'm glad that you mentioned an NHL game on here because I'm a big fan of NHL games and they're... They are just sports games, and yes, they do come out every year, but there are specific ones, like Brian's mentioned, that do stick out, uh, especially if you have some good childhood memories from them. And number one is Mother 3s. So I had to download the English fan-made version, and it was 100% worth it. He says, I had a job sharpening skates one summer. Yeah, sharpening skates in the summer. So I had a lot of phone time, which made me get real into the Mother Universe, and it was just really fun. Most underrated game ever. And yeah, it is underrated from what I hear, because I can't actually vouch for it because I've never had an opportunity to play it. So those of you who are not familiar with the Mother series, it is a Nintendo franchise that released on, I believe the first one came out on the uh, Famicom in Japan. And so it only saw a Japanese release. Um, And then, or maybe, I can't recall. It's so confusing because there was a North American release. I I don't know if it was Mother 2 or if it was Mother. And when they released it in North America, Mother 2, I think it was, they called it Earthbound 2 or some weird thing, or just Earthbound, something like that. And so there's already that confusion. And that one came out for the SNES and then Mother 3 saw a release on the Game Boy Advance. And so again, it's just like, it's a, a game that is not easily accessible by people. Like Brian's mentioned here that he played it on his phone and that's essentially downloading a ROM, uh, emulator on your phone and downloading the ROM so you can play it. And so I've actually done that. Re- just recently I downloaded a ROM of Mother 1, an English fan-made translation version that gives the game in English. And so, because I'm missing out because I just hear phenomenal things about Mother because it's basically it's set in like the late 80s, I believe, in a small town in the United States and there's kind of weird paranormal things that are happening in it. Again, I don't know too much about the game so I can't uh, tell you a full synopsis, but from what I've heard of people playing it is that it is a really great game with a great story and great characters. So. Yeah, if you haven't checked out Mother, maybe go check it out. It could be something you're interested in. I think you could probably find all the ROMs 
online to to or you know you'll you'll find ways of playing it. Um, so that was Brian's three games. Brian, thank you so much. Those again are very three very different games. We got a sports game, we got a Pokemon game, like a handheld game, and we got a really popular but very niche at the same time game that is super underrated. So thanks for those submissions. Those are really awesome, awesome games. So moving on to our next submitter, we have Clayton Wong. So Clayton Wong sent in three games that he narrowed down to be in his top three. And so, yeah, so this is from Clayton. I would say top three would be number one, Skate 3. Because the Skate series was revolutionary, um, oh, sorry, (laughs) Skate 3 because the Skate series was revolutionary. The new trick mechanics that differed from the old Tony Hawk button mashing era, then with Skate 3, they polished those mechanics and added more content to keep their audience wanting more and making it still playable years after it had been released. So, yeah, you hit it right on the nail. The ha- what is that saying? You hit the ham... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You hit it right on the head. You hit the hammer on the nail. Nope, you hit the nail on the head. I think that's it. I think that's the same. You, Clayton, you hit the nail on the head <laughs> with what you describe Skate as being. It it evolutionized skateboarding and video games. What skateboarding video games were before Skate was the Tony Hawk games, and you're exactly right. It was button mashing. You could basically smash, you know, your A's, B's, or squares, triangles if you're on PlayStation 2, move your analog sticks, and do some tricks, right? It was fun because it was arcadey and you could build up a combo. But what Skate did is made a more of a simulation and a more realistic skateboarding game. And, you know, your analog sticks would control the bo- your player, your skateboarder's feet to control how he landed and how he flipped the board to do tricks and so it really was next level mechanics when it came to a video game and i think you're right that every skate game from the original release skate got better and better skate 2 introduced different mechanics got uh like a bigger bigger map to play in and then skate 3 took it another level of being able to make your own skate brand i believe is what you did and you uh create a skate team around that brand and so there's a reason why people want skate 4 from ea and it's probably not going to happen i mentioned in my e3 uh impressions podcast episode that there's a new skateboarding video game coming out for xbox one called sessions and so that looks kind of similar to skate but i don't think it will match what skate did and so yeah i I respect claim for choosing skate three that would probably be my top three um, top skate game as well and definitely one of my top games uh, of all time because i really like skateboarding growing up and that was the game that we wanted um, Tony Hawk was great and I had, I love Tony Hawk games, but skate just took it to another level. Number two, Mass Effect 2. It's a story rich game where your actions have consequences. With this game, you're allowed different play styles that can affect the game and differ the experience from one another. It was nice playing it knowing that whatever chat dialogues I had picked would impact the game and how it would carry over in the games to come. So get ready for the booze because I have never played... <laughs> 
a Mass Effect game. And I owned an Xbox 360. So I have, because I have EA Access, all the Mass Effect games, even Andromeda that came out last year, are on EA Access. So I have downloaded all of them and I've played maybe an hour of Mass Effect 1. And but so I, I don't know a lot about Mass Effect. But what I do know is what Clang mentioned is how your dialogue choices impacted the game. So if you think another really famous series that is known for that is games uh, like um, the Telltale games. They you can make different choices in games to impact how the game plays out. And so to mix a third-person sci-fi shooter with those kind of mechanics of choosing your own adventure, so to speak, is really really cool. And the fact that you're uh, progress in that game or the choices you made made would then carry over to the next series game so you know there's a reason why mass effect is known as one of the greatest franchises of all time and i i think people would agree with clean and saying mass effect 2 is probably one of the best games i can't say what one i but when i get to finally playing them i'm sure um I'll probably like that one as well because there's some things in the first one because I have played like, I don't know, five hours maybe of Mass Effect 1 and there's some things that I don't really care about it. So I'm hoping Mass Effect 2 had improved on that kind of stuff. So solid choice there. Number three, Animal Crossing. And then in parentheses, he says any of them. Sometimes you need a game that calms the mind that, sorry, Sometimes you need a game that calms the mind. That's why Animal Crossing finishes my list. Because sometimes when you're frustrated from other games, you can come to Animal Crossing and enjoy the relaxing atmosphere, the cute animals, and the objective-free nonsense that some games have. I.e. literally any of the Dark Souls or anything that have achievements that require you to do shit on the hardest difficulty. So, Animal Crossing is a very, very cool fun you put it in perfect words of saying it's a relaxing chill game it doesn't take a lot of thought process to play it it's not a deep drama game like the last of us and it's not as intense as a first person shooter where you're constantly using your reflexes and you need to kind of be on lock on what's going on it's a game that you can play after having a stressful day at you know work or school and you can just come play and play Animal Crossing. And you basically, you live in a, in a small little town with these other animals. And you can create a house. You can decorate that house how you want it. You can send mail to your friends in the game. And so it's really cool. And I'm really hoping that they take what was on the GameCube. I hope what they take from... They take the GameCube version of Animal Crossing and uh, pour, not port it over, but expand on that and make a new Animal Crossing game for the Nintendo Switch. So, again, three very different games. Claim thanks a lot for the submissions. Um, I really do want to get around to playing Mass Effect, and uh, that is definitely near the top of my list of games that I have missed, but that I want to go back to. The next person's games we have is Alex Rogers. So 
Number one, Alex says, Bioshock Infinite. Great story, amazing views, gameplay is smooth and fun, the entire theme is fantastic, which is amazing for having come from the opposite from the last games. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, Bioshock Infinite is the third game in the Bioshock series, and it took a completely different change of setting from the first two games. The first two games were set in Rapture, which was an underwater city, whereas Bioshock Infinite took place in the sky, essentially. And it still had the same similar kind of elements from the other Bioshock games, but it just added um, kind of new mechanics into the game as well. It kind of had like this sky hook thing that you could use to put on rails to go from platform to platform and it had a really great story I think that's the just that's how I can sum that up is Bioshock Infinite had just a really solid story compared to the other two games and you know if you look at the three you know you have to give credit to Bioshock 1 because that's what created that series but a face value in my opinion Bioshock 3 is the best Bioshock game by far Definitely way better than Bioshock 2. And um, I liked it more than one for sure. And so, yeah, Bioshock is, again, another one of those AAA franchises that you just need to go and experience it for yourself. I that You just got to take my word that it's a game that you'll like. Uh, there is a Bioshock collection available on Xbox One and PS4 that you can, you know, rent from the library or pick up for pretty cheap now. I got it. I think for like 25 bucks at Walmart. Um, so you can get that game now and play, you know, that, and that, that's a great deal. You think about it, you're getting three full games for a pretty cheap price, whereas games, brand new games on release date are 80 bucks. So uh, yeah, I think you're, you're right with the mentioning the views of the game, Alex, like the, the setting of the game is really what's, helps it of course with the story as well number two mario kart double dash the best mario kart game of all time he says made couch co-op super fun even for someone who isn't super great at driving it had some great maps also i love bomb on battle which is this game brought first so mario kart double dash a new generation of mario kart we had mario kart on the snes we had mario kart 64 and then we got mario kart double dash which essentially you now picked your oh my gosh my phone <laughs> that probably was picked up on the mic um you picked your character and you also picked a second character that was kind of on your back that could throw uh bombs or throw things that other drivers so you kind of had two drivers that you got to rotate around in and out of driving so the roster on mario kart double dash was pretty top notch and the graphics i just remember being blown away by the graphics um because even mario kart 64 although it was three-dimensional it still kind of had you know the the weird 2d sprites almost of the drivers um they just they didn't look as three-dimensional as you know this generation of mario kart and so it definitely uh it improved in every way on what the previous mario kart did and so 
yeah, when a series that is really well known like Mario Kart can improve what is already really awesome, um, you know they're doing the right thing. So, yeah, Mario Kart Double Dash. That w- I hope that um, they can bring that because I really like that concept of having two drivers on the car. I hope they can bring that back into some future games. Number three, Rocket League slash League of Legends. I love them equally for the same reason. They're both super interesting games that are being updated constantly. There's a skill cap that keeps moving around so there's never the best player really and everyone gets better so the challenge of the game never stops. So I won't go into Rocket League because I already went over that with Coleman, but League of Legends, it's, it's, they're very similar in what I'm going to say about them. Is Alex is absolutely right. They are a game with service that continues to get better as time comes out there's not going to be a rocket league 2 and that that's a true thing the creators of rocket league said they're not going to do a rocket league 2 they might come up with a different ip and come out with a different game but there's not going to be a rocket league 2 and i think the same thing with league of legends you know they have different seasons for league of legends where they add new content every season and it's just a huge game right like it is the game that really essentially in my opinion, expanded esports, right? Um, the the following for League of Legends is phenomenal. Now, I personally, I've tried playing League of Legends, and it's a I've had a lot of fun playing with it. It's not my style of game. Um, any games with service is not. I I get into them for about twenty five to thirty hours, and then I kind of get phased out. Just because I I like exploring, there's so many games to explore, but people that stick with these games get rewarded by getting new content. And there is a skill cap that keeps moving around, as Alex mentioned, so that, you know, players still have to progress and they have to get better. And so you're playing, the competition doesn't stop. You continue to play with good players. You got to keep your skill sharp if you want to be competitive in those games. And so I respect anybody who who you know commits to playing games like that uh, especially league of legends after playing it i mean um if you're good at league of legends i i give you mad respect so again three very 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 different games and thanks alex a bunch for submitting those games i really really appreciate it and moving on to andrew bardecki so andrew sent me in three games of his um and they kind of have a theme to them, as he pointed out. So the first game is Resident Evil. And he says the entire franchise, not one specific game. Um, well, sorry, he says specifically the remakes. So classic Resident Evil is basically the standard for all survival horror games. I remember reading the article for the remake of Resident Evil Zero in a Nintendo Power when I was 10. And I was hooked. Only problem was my parents were very strict and didn't want me playing any M-rated games until I was 17. So I did everything else I could. Read everything online, bought all the literature I could, and Resident Evil, I would say pretty confidently, the most detailed and overwhelming amount of backstory than any other game in any any genre. The info is endless, even for things that don't happen in the games. There are specific dates times journals etc even the blood types of characters i've never been able to dive as deep into a story as i have with resident evil 
Even though the mechanics were awful, it shows what providing players with a solid atmosphere and storyline can do for a franchise. So, man, that's a lot to process, but I think everything he says is dead on. Resident Evil is the pillar. It's not the pillar. It's the foundation that holds up all the other pillars of horror game franchises. It is what what created horror games today. We would not have the horror games we have today if it wasn't for Resident Evil. And the series has definitely evolved throughout the years. You know, the first three games really focused on horror elements mixed in with action elements. If we look at four, five, and six, we kind of they kind of changed direction a bit to make it more action oriented. And then obviously with seven, they really tried to go back to the roots of making the game more horror focused. I am so freaking pumped for Resident Evil Two, the remake of that game. It looks phenomenal. They took away those isometric, I believe that's the word I'm looking for views uh, camera angles where you would kind of it'd be like the cameras at the end of the hallway and you watch you control your player walking down the hall and i think andrew mentioned on how the the mechanics are really terrible in those early games and so they got rid of those and gave the mechanics of basically resident evil 4 with that over the shoulder look and mixed in with the really great graphics that came out with resident evil 7 the most recent release so i'm pumped for that resident evil 2 remake and it's coming out in january so it's it's really close i think that they do a good job with their remakes uh as andrew pointed out the they improve the things that made the originals not so great and but they keep it the same enough so that you know those diehard fans that are nostalgic over certain mechanics they keep they just improve those little life of quality of life things so um and i also think it's really cool that you you know you had an interest in this game your parents didn't allow you to play it but you're still interested enough to go and research it and i definitely did the same thing with certain franchises can't think of any off the top of my head but i definitely did the same thing when i wasn't allowed to play a game i would just obsess over everything else on it read stuff uh, on the internet about it read magazines about it and stuff so that's that's a really cool extra point in there um, number two would be Luigi's Mansion it's my rainy day game I can't tell how many times I played it but it's probably nearing 100 it handles amazing you can play it during an afternoon start to finish great atmosphere great artwork and I think as a kid it was a little scary to play at times which was something new to the Mario universe it was still friendly and silly and had moments that would make you laugh, but it was a step out of the norm for Nintendo. It was also my first game ever, so I may be a little biased. So, I never have played Luigi's Mansion because I didn't get a GameCube until... Well, my younger sister had a GameCube, but I never... You know, that was her GameCube. I had my PlayStation 2 and then my Xbox 360. So, I never have played Luigi's Mansion, but from what I know is it's... It's exactly what you point out. It's a, a new take in the Mario universe. I know that some people were a little upset when it was initially announced, especially diehard Mario fans, because we're on this next generation of of Nintendo, and we're expecting like Mario 64 too. You know, like let what 
can they do with Mario 64 and how can they make it a better game for this next generation? We eventually got that with Mario Super Mario Sunshine, but you know, Luigi's Mansion came first and I think then once people actually play Luigi's Mansion, they realized, you know, the points that you had pointed out and that it's actually a really fun game and it's really easygoing like any Mario style game. Um the atmosphere is what really creates that game, right? You have it's a Mario game, so it's it's aimed for kids, but it's still in this kind of creepy haunted mansion. And as a kid, you're probably, you know, you're not necessarily like scared to death of it as if, you know, maybe a Resident Evil game that would really freak you out if you weren't into horror games. So it, it kind of added that level of suspense, but you could also continue playing with it because it was a fun game to play. And so I really hope that they actually continue with these kinds of games in the future i haven't been up to date with nintendo as much and i'm sure they have created they definitely have create spin-off games like that but let's get like there was a, a sequel to luigi's mansion but it was released just on nintendo 3ds like bring luigi's mansion to nintendo switch or to new nintendo owners so they can experience you know what luigi's mansion has to offer and the third game is Left 4 Dead 2. Uh, Left 4 Dead was something that everyone had been asking for for a long time. Um, I, I say Left 4 Dead 2 was something that everyone had been asking for for a long time. And it delivered... Um, whoops. Everyone had been asking for... for sorry, I, I'm just reading this over. Asking for it for a long time and it delivered in full. Online multiplayer, co-op zombie shooter, it was beyond fun. It was smooth and received regular updates with new maps. There's still tons of people on the servers to this day and the Steam Workshop is especially active with mods, maps, weapons, etc. I was going to say Left 4 Dead 1, but I think the backwards compatibility and fixes slash updates in Left 4 Dead 2 make it win out. Obviously, I have kind of a horror zombie theme going on. Yeah, I guess you do, right? Left 4 Dead, Resident Evil, and Luigi. It's mansion. <coughs> Excuse me. So Left 4 Dead, I did not play Left 4 Dead 1. I went straight to Left 4 Dead 2 and it, again, was definitely a, one of those games I could not put down. You got just a great co-op game, right, with Left 4 Dead 2. I remember getting with together with friends and playing through the entire campaign cooperatively on, you know, on sleepovers and stuff and it uh it was it was such a fun game that um, you know it was the zombie game that we a lot of people wanted right they wanted to be able to use a variety of weapons to kill zombies not just guns they wanted to do that with their friends and left for dead definitely um did a good job at achieving that what what players were looking for in a game um, around that nature if we look at games right now you know there's so many games out that are really heavily inspired by kind of the core mechanics and foundation that left for dead has set and so it would be great to see a left for dead 3 but you know it, i don't it's not going to happen there's lots of other valve games that would be great to see um but I think you know you 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 mentioned that it's still continuing getting attention by 
um, having lots of active people on the servers you know people add mods and maps and weapons to the game so it's great to see that the community for Left 4 Dead is still behind the game and they're continuing to play it because it's a game that they really like so whenever I see something like that um, I really it just it speaks volumes as to how good a game is that people are still playing it after so many years of it being released so Andrew thanks a lot for those games um, those are that's I keep saying you guys have blown me away by your list so um, yeah great great choices and who do we got next all right we got we're gonna take a transition to um, this is a cool one so my brother-in-law and my nephew so I'm basically this uh, the the age gap is very uh, similar as from what I am to my nephew to my brother-in-law so there's some games that I kind of overlap with with him my brother-in-law and there's games that I overlap with with my nephew right I can relate to his obsession of Fortnite but I Matt uh, my brother-in-law has also um, played some games that I played as a kid and so I we kind of relate to those games as well so I'm gonna read some from my nephew um, give me a second to pull it up here uh, he had just done a really great job at his explanation so um, number one is Fortnite we all saw that coming <laughs> so why he likes Fortnite um, he likes online PvP games with a battle royale um, mode attached to it and the reason why he likes that in my opinion is the reason why he likes that battle royale mode is because it's thrilling and it's exciting especially when you can play it with your friends right it's you versus everyone else and so the suspense is there and that's you know that's why it has expanded to how big it's gotten right so many people it's the number one game in the world right now um it's uh, definitely a star in player versus player game um, we look back 10 years, we're looking at Call of Duty, Battlefield, Halo even, and those were the games that, you know, people were playing to experience those player versus players. And right now, it's Battle Royale games, and for good reason, like I said, they're fun, they're quick, um, they add a level of suspense on top of it, and so I really get why people are liking them. So, good choice, Eli. Number two, Star Wars Battlefront. Why? Because I like Star Wars and the characters and the cool online games and missions. So, yeah, I think Star Wars Battlefront, uh, first of all, Eli, I'd like to ask you if you have ever played the original Battlefront games. And if you haven't, we definitely need to get you on that so you can see where Battlefront has come from. I'll say that first. But Battlefront is is definitely the game for Star Wars fans. I got it uh, a short month after it had been released, and now you can get it for like $5, but I got it almost when it was still full-priced, and I really enjoyed it. People critiqued it because it didn't have a on uh, sorry a single-player campaign, but I, I was fine with it. They added single-player missions, so you could kind of, you know, partake in those kind of, missions that you would see in the movies um and then you also got really great online play i like that they added characters 
and you got to play a good wide variety of the the top heroes right Han Solo Luke Skywalker even the villains um and so everything that was missing from it I think they just added in Battlefront 2 now the whole loot box story is another thing but you have to see it from the perspective of a Star Wars fan right and I think they delivered on on that number three Halo 2 why because I like the campaign story and the weapons so you mentioned that you like the campaign story and I think I know why and I think a lot of people can also say that Halo 2 is their top favorite game as well I think Halo 2 definitely revolutionized online multiplayer for Halo uh, Halo Combat Evolved set the stage and Halo uh, Halo 2 came to finish off the show now I'm not trying to say Halo 3 Halo 4 and Halo 5 are bad in fact Halo 3 is was my first full introduction into Halo I had played Halo 2 and 1 at friend's house but um, Halo 2 just has so much going for it I it's my favorite campaign in the the whole series I think it has the best um, story elements to it it had definitely has some of the funnest funnest missions when I think back to single missions specific single missions I realize a lot of them come from Halo 2 and so yeah I just I hope Halo gets back to that you know I hope it gets back to the what Halo 2 and 3 gave for it and yeah that's what I gotta say about that so Eli thanks a ton for you know sending in your games that's awesome I'm glad that you're thinking about already why you like these games because it's one thing to just go and play them but it's really awesome of you to figure out why you like the games and so lastly I have my brother-in-law he sent in submissions of his top three favorite games and so we'll finish off with that and then I'll go into my top three favorite games so his top three favorite games the first one is NHL 94 that's a year before I was born (laughs) so NHL 94, he says, bought a Genesis with my brother from paper route money and some intense battles ensued. Siblings know how to push buttons and there is no one worse to lose at games to than younger siblings, but still some great times. So you're definitely right on that. It doesn't matter if it's Mario Kart, NHL, or a, you know a shooting game. You do definitely do not want to lose to siblings, young or old. Um, it's one thing to lose to your friends and have them brag in front of your face, and um, but to lose to your siblings is like next level. I never would ever allow my older sister to beat me, and there's definitely no way I'd ever let my younger sister beat me either. And I'm sure it definitely happened. <laughs> and so, um, I. It's funny that you say the Genesis, um, that, uh, yeah, when I think of NHL 94, I also think of it on, um, this, well, the Sega Genesis. Um, what the Genesis had going for it at the time was that it was the best console to get for, um, it was the best console and platform for sports games. If you wanted the great sports games, you got it on the Sega Genesis, um, Super Nintendo just didn't really have um, 
it just didn't compete at the same level when it came to sports games in my from my opinion from what i know and so i think it also goes back to that great memory of you know you saving up money to buy the genesis and be able to play nhl right it's one thing to receive a game from your parents but it it just is extra special when you saved up the money and bought it for yourself so i totally get that as well and you know what would be great is some people have tried to replicate it, but I wish they brought back an, an, a classic NHL game like that and ported it onto new consoles. Um, basically just kind of sharpen up the image of it, but keep the same style, keep the same mechanics, and bring that game back to you know newer players so that you know the younger generation who's playing with NHL games right now can experience what it used to be like. So number two, Ocarina of Time or Ocarina of Time. I say Ocarina of Time. So, and that's me saying not not Matt here. Um, For all the reasons you had mentioned. So if you listen to my previous video game history, I gave a whole load of reasons. And again, spoiler, Ocarina of Time is in my top three favorite games, so I'll talk about that a little bit more later. But for all the reasons you mentioned, huge open world, side missions, amazing story, and time travel. Great final battle, many hours spent on this game. No internet for looking up tips when you get stuck. Um, he said he bought the 64 with paper out money as well. Um, and so, and then he kind of finished, yeah, so that's Ocarina of Time. Um, I'm again, I'm going to save my kind of thoughts around that again for the end of the episode. Um, but yeah, that is definitely the, one of the best games for Nintendo 64. If you had the 64, you had to have Ocarina of Time. Otherwise, what is the, what are you doing? What's the point? Um, speaking of games you had to have for the N64, GoldenEye, he says GoldenEye for the split screen multiplayer with four friends. Conquers was a super fun game as well with a great multiplayer uh, and Warcraft 2 on PC ate up a lot of time as well. Uh, he said, put on some 90s gangster rap and stayed up all night playing Warcraft 2. So, respect to that. I, <laughs> um, Yeah, GoldenEye, my comments around that is it definitely... I keep using this world word revolutionized. And that's because, you know, all the games you've chosen have pointed out the reason why people have pointed out these games as being as their favorite is because that they've revolutionized something whether it's mechanics or a certain genre and goldeneye revolutionized that first person shooter genre and especially when it came to multiplayer being able to play you know four player split screen that was the best i remember playing uh, that was probably one of my top games playing with my friends when I was younger. And so that's cool. Conquers, I, uh, I've i never actually completely played, but I've played portions of it. Um, if you guys are wanting to relive Conquer days, the it's been remastered in the Rare Replay where it has the 30 uh, games made by Rare. So you have Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie, Conquers, Unfortunately, you don't have GoldenEye, which was also another game by Rare, and that's just due to licensing. But, you know, Perfect Zero Dark is there, uh, which is a spiritual successor. So if you want to check out Conquerors, get Rare Replay. Um, And Warcraft 2, I'm not super familiar with the uh, Warcraft. I'm familiar with World of Warcraft, but I've never actually played Warcraft um, 
that's a genre that I just never really got into, but I definitely respect people that uh, played it. And if if there came a time where I got an opportunity to play it, I'd, I'd definitely play it. Um, so awesome. Thanks for the those games. Those are really seriously top-notch games. Those are the games I'm talking about when it, I think of, you know, games that bring back childhood memories for me. Now, there's an age gap. You're probably a lot older than I was when you played those games compared to when I played them, but it's clear that it didn't matter what how old you were when you played those games. They still made a big impact on you, so that's really cool. So, with that being said, I hope I didn't if miss anybody. Uh, let me just double-check here. I just want to make sure... Um, bear with me yep so I believe I got everybody so again thanks to everyone who had submitted games uh, I reached out to some of you and asked what your games were thanks for responding back um, just awesome that is so cool there's such a good wide variety. I hope that some of you guys learned some things from this episode that you heard of or found out some about some new games that you hadn't heard about before and now you're going to go check them out because of this this whole segment. So that's kind of what the whole point of the show was. Now quickly, I'll give you my top three favorite games. So number three is Firewatch, a game that you can play on PC, PS4, and Xbox. And I think you can play it on Nintendo Switch. Maybe. I don't know, but regardless, if you have an Xbox One or a PS4, um, spend the money to get this game. It really speaks for itself when you play it. This game is basically a game where you work as, your life is kind of falling apart, and so you go out into the forest to basically be a fire watcher, and you are in a fire watch tower, and you watch for forest fires. And your only communication is with a, a female character that is in another Firewatch tower. And you can see the tower, but you don't have any idea what she looks like. So you communicate with her via walkie-talkie. And there's kind of some weird things, and weird history around the Firewatch tower and kind of the area that it's in. And so you learn about some events that happened prior to your arrival there. And it's just, again, another game that's really focused on character and setting and the story and I just remember playing the game and just being so blown away I I sat there watching the credits and just analyzed everything I had experienced and so I mean if you have the spare money really really please go play Firewatch I cannot talk about it enough Um, once you play it you'll see for yourselves maybe you won't like it it's not for everybody um, there's no real combat. You're really you don't see any other characters because you're in a forest. Um, but it is it is focused on story. So um, if that's your thing, definitely play that game. Number two is The Last of Us. I mentioned it earlier. The Last of Us for me was a game that just really captivated me because of the relationship between Joel and Ellie in that game. And you know there was. You know, I don't want to spoil the game for those people who didn't play it, haven't played it, because as I mentioned earlier, if you haven't played it, you need to go play it now, literally right now. Um, 
I it's it's just a game that I will continuously look back on and just remember just the emotional impact that it had on me while I was experiencing the things in the game. That game for me is what people don't when people dismiss video games for just being a waste of time or um, not having any kind of impact uh, on a mental level for people. That's the game where I would say, I would argue that they're wrong. They need to look at a game like this and see, you know, the social commentary that comes with it, the, the moral choices that are made, the relationships that people have, and the emotions that people have in times of tension. And it's just a game that... Um, does such a great job at it. It's not, um, I can't necessarily explain why it does what it does, but I think it's just for those reasons that I mentioned earlier that, and that's what just, you know, pulled me to that game and pulled a lot of people to that game. So I'm, I'm hoping, and I'm not, I know Last of Us 2 will be, uh, just as good, but, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that the game will continue that line of, really engaging with the audience um the the player as a fly on the wall seeing things unfold seeing how people uh deal with conflict so that is definitely uh my top two i i it was very close to being number one but number one is ocarina of time just because of a multitude of reasons it was the first real big game i ever owned as a kid I had smaller games that were more multiplayer focused or um, just didn't necessarily have a major story or campaign, single player campaign. And Ocarina of Time definitely was single player focused to a level that I couldn't even probably comprehend at that age. I got it when I was five or six years old, maybe around there I would say. And I majority of my first interactions with that game was watching my older sister, she's four years older than me, play the game. And so I would watch her play the game and learn different things. And then as I got older, I was actually able to play it a little bit more and understand it. But Matt had mentioned uh, there was no internet to look up things. So when you got to the Water Temple, one of the hardest levels of all time, in my opinion, of, for video games... Um, you didn't know what to do. You just had to figure it out, right? There was no internet to go to and be like water temple walkthrough, right? On IGN.com. You had to figure it out. Or, you know, there was probably a, a magazine at chapters that you could get with the official guide for Ocarina of Time. But it just, the game, it was so big for its time. It had this big, huge universe. It was, I think, what people wanted being fans of Legend of Zelda, being able to, you know, in previous games, explore Hyrule and see what this fantasy world was, but now to be able to put in a setting where you can now access it. And although it was, um, there was walls and it restricted you to a certain area, it still was, it just seemed like it was so big and it was, uh, you know, never ending on how big the map actually was 
And so I still to this day play that game. I have beat it multiple times. The final boss, as Matt mentioned, was great. Um, two, two kind of two level boss of like you beat Ganondorf and then you beat Ganon. And what I actually follow this game is I follow uh, speedrunners playing this game. Now speedrunning is a whole nother episode for me to get into, but I watch basically players play this game that I loved as a kid and they use glitches, all these glitches to essentially beat the game as fast as they can. There's certain requirements. I'll do an episode on speedrunning later, but um, so I still to this day, I watch daily streams of this game being streamed and people playing this game. And I know a lot of the lore behind it. I know a lot of the secrets behind it um, because I've just been so interested in it through my entire life. And so when I think what, when someone asks me what your favorite game is, that's the one I always, always, always will go back to. And so maybe one day another game will beat it. But uh, for now, that is definitely, you know, my top favorite game. Breath of the Wild for the Nintendo Switch came really close. Um, it's in my top 10, I would say, but it is by far Ocarina of Time. It's just the best Zelda game for me. And that is it. That is the episode. That was a long one. I'm, I'm tired. (laughs) So I'm going to end it here. Thanks again. Huge shout out to all my homies that sent in their games. I really, how many times you take a shot every time I said, I really appreciate it. I'm sure you'd be loaded right now. Um, but seriously, thanks a lot. Next episode, we're going to get back hopefully to some new stories and stuff. But if you like this kind of episodes, let me know. Because if this is the kind of stuff you guys like, this is the kind of stuff I'll do. I really enjoy talking on a more personal level. Um, you know, there's only so much new stories and highlights that I can talk about. So I do like this kind of more uh, intimate topic. So if you like that, seriously, please let me know. Um, With that being said, we'll hit you up next Tuesday. That's when these podcasts are released. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and all that jazz on whatever platform you're listening to. Share this podcast with somebody who appreciates video games and you think they like it. So thanks a lot for sticking with me, and we will see you guys next time. Yeah, bye.